Hey guys, uh, welcome to episode 8 of Jakku Broadcast. I'm Daniela. And I'm Melissa. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about Rey's journey through um, The Force Awakens all the way through The Rise of Skywalker using uh, Marie Murdoch's uh, The Heroine's Journey uh, as a backdrop to uh, analyzing uh, her steps. We're joined today by uh, Ty Black of Wit and Folly and uh, the What the Force podcast. And she's like the number one expert on Rey's journey because <laughs> she's made so many videos about it. So and good. She's so oh, smart. God. Um, thank you for uh, joining us today, Ty. Hey, <laughs> that's like kind of a lot to live up to. <laughs> oh, no pressure. You got this. <laughs> the pressure is on. <laughs> but oh, thanks. No. I appreciate it. I've, I've worked a lot to try to like try to figure it out. <laughs> so thanks. <laughs> yeah, I found that actually in fandom. Like, I feel like it's kind of easy to analyze Kylo more. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. If I'm- yeah, like I don't know if I have Kylo blinders or if not blinders, but like Kylo whatever goggles. glasses you use to zoom in. Like, yeah. bu- what are those called? Like when you're goggles? going to like a like play, Kylo colored goggles. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. it's totally Kylo colored go- goggles. I think it's a really good way to say it. <laughs> say that like, like a lot five of times. Yeah, because a lot of people see themselves in Kylo because it's easy to see ourselves in Kylo because we can project our like dark ideas on him almost. But it's kind of hard to like see ourselves in someone who's good a lot of the time and someone who kind of represses their feelings more also Mm -hmm. another thing i think about ray that's important to point out is that she's an orphan and i feel like most people well not i don't want to talk about for everybody but i feel like a lot of people they can relate more to having parents who have disappointed them i mean ray has as well but she doesn't have parents so it's kind of like it's easier to latch on to kylo when you can see the parents and you can see how they've made mistakes where with ray it's kind of like a blank slate Mm -hmm. does that make sense absolutely yeah Yeah, especially like knowing han and leia like if we want to if we want to really get to know these characters and we want to delve into their flaws as well as their like you know the things that are good about them then we see hey, I can see myself messing up like that, too. I can see myself, like, like I see the I see the relatability with their parenting, and then I see myself in the child of that parentage as well. So it's like, yeah, I can see people getting stuck in just analyzing Kylo, even though we know way more about Rey and where she comes from than we know. Well, not where she comes from, but we know way more about her character, Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah I think and her we ideology. Actually, we know more about Rey, like, herself. And with mm-hmm. Kylo, we know more about his, like, background with Origin? his parents. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes, that's exactly, exactly what I was about to say because I was watching um, The Force Awakens last night in preparation for the podcast because I'm a professional. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, you I watched I realized it. how mysterious Rey is. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like her origin story. Like, we know her values. We know what she cares about, mm-hmm. kind of. But um, we don't know her origin. And I'm not the, someone who's, like, stuck on, like, who is she where we're like who does she come from like that kind of stuff but just like in terms of her experience on life of on jack who was it kind of stag- stagnant from her like let's say I-, I assume she's like six seven when she was dropped off to that to 19 like that's yeah. kind of crazy mm-hmm. like so much must have happened to her but also it, not that much mu- like could have happened because we kind of find her like as a She's not a child. That obviously she's nineteen, but she's um, her maturity level is child. Yeah, she just hasn't so, experienced a lot of things yet. 
Yeah. Even though she obviously works her butt off every day to try to get her Insta bread. <laughs> Insta bread. <laughs> yeah. Get that bread, literally. <laughs> so, um, is there anything else about Ray that, like, for both of you, like, is there anything that, like, like Ray, like, means to you guys because ray means so much to so many in the, mm-hmm. the star wars fandom oh, yeah especially being one of the well she wasn't the first female force user but she's the first uh main character that we see the eyes through like in the movies mm-hmm. we've seen obviously we've seen in the prequels we saw it through anakin's eyes and kind of a uh, padme and it's kind of a hosh posh or whatever of uh characters who we see the eyes through but um with uh the sequel trilogy um it's obviously very clearly from race perspective like i see myself always like whenever the first time i watch the movies i always see them like i see the story through ray's eyes like Mm -hmm. i remember like whenever the force awakens came out i didn't really think of it too much as like most a lot of people in fandom did i just kind of watched it and then dropped it and then i was like okay well kylo's bad and blah 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 and that's because i was looking at the story through ray's eyes and um then obviously the force awake the 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 last jedi you see it like oh like my first initial thinking of um ray was or of kylo at the end i was like oh well he's gone but that's just because ray that's what she's thinking and i'm like now that i think about it it's like it's so interesting how the story has um really catered to ray's perspective and i really love that about the story but for you guys what is it about ray that like you guys really love um well for me i know that i've i grew up like around when the prequels came out you know like i i grew up Right, I actually was born like kind of before the uh, what do you call it? The Phantom Menace came out in '99. I was like four or something, but that's like what I grew up with the prequels. And so, even then, like you know, we had I was still watch. I watched the originals. I saw Leia. I saw Padme and everything later on, and I still never really felt that connected with them. I just knew they were there, but they weren't like at the forefront, you know. So I was like, meh, okay. I know a lot of other girls, though, like, they did kind of look up to those characters. But for me, like, I just, eh, you know, it wasn't until The Force Awakens came out and The Last Jedi that I I started to really like Rey. Like, I never felt that connected to a female Star Wars character before, like, mm-hmm. ever. Because, you know, they were never at the forefront. We never really got to dive in deeper and, like you said, like, look through her eyes specifically. So I think... I really love Ray just because I don't know. I see, I'm able to like relate with her so much, and I can see what she struggles with and how she's able to overcome it, and how no matter what she is dealing with, she always tries to overcome it and strive to like do better. And just you know, I don't know. It's just awesome. <laughs> I love her so much. Yeah, I I feel like a similar like <laughs> like overwhelming passion for her like it's very it's very weird and like okay kylo (laughs) (laughs) exactly um this is all kylo talking actually right now (laughs) just reading his words (laughs) so to like take it though like to a um area of like meta thought right Mm -hmm. um something i mentioned in my video but i didn't expound upon because i thought it was more i thought it was i thought it meant more to just you know put it into simple terms but I think that Ray is for us. So, like, I think that Ray is for the women, the little girls that grew up in the 
prequel era who felt like outsiders that felt like um i'm not a part of the skywalker line i'm not like padme died you know padme didn't she wasn't around to like watch leia grow up and leia belonged to the to the ot era it didn't really belong she didn't really belong to us and whenever we grew up we were given ray and like like honestly that's that is kind of like what happened and ray is representing us not belonging to the fandom so she's an orphan of the fandom like honestly she is an outsider she comes into the skywalker story and she like she says hey like i'm strong i have the force i have this and it makes the skywalkers like or it makes the well it makes skywalkers mad like honestly it doesn't make leia <laughs> mad but it makes luke and kylo mad the males. um yeah the men and you know but for the men of the fandom you know they don't like her but that's expected like it's it represents us we were never yeah. wanted in the fandom people didn't believe that we existed in the fandom and so ray was ray is ours like she is not a skywalker for a reason Oh, yeah, man. it's kind of you... like one of those situations where, like, it's for us, and I mean, it's not by us because Ray has obviously been written by a lot of um, men, but I think right. she's she's specifically like um, made for like us so that we can have someone like so that we can get we have a reason yeah. to give uh, Lucasfilm our money. Like, <laughs> exactly. and I'm not even saying that in a cynical sense, like, because she's really great. Like, they could have sit like. For example, there's other franchises that um, for the women characters, it, they're not quite as, uh, I guess, um, they're not thought about as deeply as Ray. And mm-hmm. you can tell Ray has, um, like, a lot of people think Ray's kind of stagnant, but I, mm-hmm. I, I don't see that at all. Like, sh- there's so much to her story. Oh, like, yeah. it's, I mm-hmm. don't know, it's overwhelming, kind of, but it's also just kind of like we only have two movies, and I understand that. And um, ma- we don't have like all this backstory with her as we would with Luke and Anakin. And like Anakin got like two trilogies, right? Maybe three, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh man. But like with Ray, she's just one trilogy, and obviously, we don't have time to delve deeply as deeply in the lore with her, but mm-hmm. um, I think that whatever they've been doing they've been doing such a great job with her like story so i'm just mm-hmm. i'm ready for the next movie and i'm also sad that we have to well we don't have to let her go because no. god knows people they, have never looked let luke skywalker go mm-mm. but um <laughs> no and i think that i, I honestly yeah and i and i think that they'll go back and they'll like explore ray's parentage and they'll they'll explore mm-hmm. her line and i don't think that it'll be before we get into the, uh, yeah. like the actual meat of the episode yeah like this is just purely speculation guys so um where do you think ray comes from because lately and this isn't just to do with any leaks or anything this is just i mean i don't even know if they informed this but i think she's genuinely a force child like mm-hmm. I, I don't know how um popular slash unpopular that is in the fandom i'm not sure and she could still be a nobody but be made by the force but i genuinely think she's made from the force like i don't know like well so if that's the case i think she still has to have a mom yeah no i do think she has a mom Mm -hmm. um like i don't think she just like came out of thin air and just it's (laughs) like anakin you know what i mean yeah i think it's like anakin i've always thought that from the beginning like i was like yeah no she's 
she's way more like Anakin than she was ever like Luke, but obviously she has, you know, attributes of both. But but yeah, she mm, she was okay, so Anakin was a was a patriarch of Anakin is the patriarch that was created from the force to balance the force. Yeah. And then Ray is the matriarch that was created by the force mm. to balance the force. I like I yeah. I honestly believe that and like that's you can argue against that any day, but I think that's yeah. what the force has done and I think it was like a generation. I think it I think it accidentally skipped a generation and I think that's why Kylo is kind of uh reborn both Anakin and Padme in like some weird way. I don't know. I haven't like decided yeah. which one is which yet, but um it it's definitely a correction they're trying the force is trying to fix the galaxy because the galaxy is sick like the force is sick and it's trying to fix itself so it's created uh both anakin and then it creates ray that would make sense Mm -hmm. so like okay this isn't reincarnation but like the reverse let's just think about like reverse anadala like they're the um opposite of uh, anakin and padme and well they're leading the same path but in the opposite direction so i think it would be interesting if obviously as you've said many times that um ray and anakin's journey kind of are parallel so Mm -hmm. it's it would be interesting if since they parallel so much that even down to the way that they were formed like that would be interesting Mm -hmm. like i mean i don't even know if there would be a way like there was with Shmi to prove that she's a force child because obviously Qui-Gon was like and who's the father and she was like there was no father and I think Ray must have had obviously they use they say parents I think um like so that means that she had a dad and a mom so I don't I'm not sure if there's any way to prove that she's from the force uh but I think that that's just especially given how strong she is she's shown to have the some similar um traits to anakin as a child Mm -hmm. how he was really good at doing things just right away so i think that that may be where the story is going in the rise of skywalker but i'm not sure obviously it's just speculation like if they're the opposite of each other in in their origins as well because like ray comes from nothing desert planet you know and if she's like a force product of the force then so is anakin you know he comes from a desert planet he's comes out of the force and then same thing with like kylo and padme padme comes from like a royal line she's you know important that people know her they know her family same thing with kylo so it kind of makes sense in that in the origin way uh, that they are the reverse of each other mm-hmm. so i could definitely see that so my head canon for like the longest <laughs> time has been that zori bliss is ray's mom <laughs> And mm. everybody hates that because they're like, oh, that like retcons everything that happened in TLJ and da 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 da. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but first of all, the only explanation for why they would cast another skinny brunette, <laughs> you know, attractive woman in Star Wars is if she was actually related to another skinny brunette. In so Star what Wars. do you think of? You know what I mean? So what do you think of the the hinting of Poe and her having like a relationship? Is Poe Ray's stepdad now? Or no, no. But but I think that I think Zori Bliss is the. I think she is, uh, like a link. Her last something? name is Bliss. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. so okay. Let me just let me just open <laughs> this for pan- Pandora's box. I think do that, it. Like Joseph Campbell always says, "Follow your bliss." Uh huh. 
I don't think it's oh. a mistake. Yeah, I think that naming her Zori Bliss was very purposeful. I yeah. think that Ray is a bliss. I think that that's kind of like what her namesake will be. And I think that after Rise of Skywalker, they'll go back and they'll explore like who was the Bliss family. Um, and I know that sounds crazy, but like I think that it's fine that Zori Bliss, first of all, Zori Bliss. We don't know what her age is, but um, Carrie Russell is like 40 In her 40s, old? yeah. Yeah. So, like, she absolutely could be Ray's mom if we go off her real age. But then on top of that, like, who's to say Poe doesn't like other women, uh, older women? I you mean, know? yeah, that's yeah. possible, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hello, him and Holdo had, like, some kind of yeah. thing going on. So I don't think it's abs- I don't think it's absurd to say that they'll have like a flirtation, but then to reveal that maybe Zori was you know maybe she was younger when she had Ray. That's fine, but like her last name is to me is just so poignant. Yeah, it's kind of like if someone had the name Campbell, <laughs> Campbell <Yeah>. in Starland, <laughs> like someone's last name or your first name being Campbell, like yeah, it's like, oh okay, hello. <laughs> Hello, George Lucas's influence. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Follow your bliss. Like, like Ray could be Ray Bliss, and that yeah. would be literally like Ben. Follow your bliss. Yeah. So when they say follow your bliss, what is what do they mean by that? Follow your bliss means um, to follow, like lean towards the light. Basically, um, mm-hmm. it means do what you love to do. But because you love to do it, do what you want to do, but because it's a, something that you're passionate about. Um, it's it's leaning towards the light in terms of like Lucas. But for Campbell, follow your bliss is to uh, lean towards the side of creating things and expressing and creating and expressing go hand in hand because you're doing what you are passionate about and doing what you um, are good at doing, what you feel like you can contribute to this world. So, so yeah, it's like, it is the light side, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, hey, like, Han and Leia are 10 years apart. Kylo and Rey are 10 years apart. Like, why can't that be like a reverse, you know, with the woman being like 10 years older, you know? Like, I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we kind of had that with Anakin, too. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's happened. It's happened multiple times. Well, I mean, it's just good old speculation. Like, people have worse speculations. Like, people still are on the whole Rey is a Skywalker theory. So, I mean, go ahead and speculate all you want. Like, that's kind of what, um, I'm not even going to lie. That's what inspired me to start a podcast being the fact that I was like, do people even care about my opinion? But then I realized that, like, people put out their opinions, like, like dumb opinions. So, (laughs) I shouldn't be ashamed of my own. No. so yeah no speculation and, yeah. is fun like it's so fun that's why I, that's the thing i'm gonna most miss about um you know uh after the rise of skywalker the whole speculation aspect of things that's yeah like the best part of fandom in my opinion even if i don't agree with everybody's speculation just the fact that everyone cares so much to like write and like tweet and all this stuff and form a community that's gonna be like sad when it's gone mm. yeah well, and I think that the Force is going to change, like, whenever the end of the Skywalker saga happens. So I think that the Force will will change, like, essentially. And I think that's what the Project Luminous is about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the I think Project Luminous is going to take us to the next era of the myth. Ooh, so, I hope so. Yeah, I, th- I think so. skirting around it so much. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah, I mean, my, like, my current idea is that it's, like, taking us from the combination of masculine and feminine to moving us into an era that says, hey, like, we all have intrinsic value. You need to find your own path because I think that's more modern and that's more yeah more relevant. Oh, that's interesting. I like mm-hmm. that because I've... um. I, I'm gonna go ahead and just say I have some issues like giving uh, given the fact that I'm I was born 95 I came up on Tumblr and like uh, I learned a lot of stuff about like ger- gender identity and right. other things the whole masculine and feminine thing that like Campbell like and um, so many other psychoanalysts like kind of like love like mm-hmm. I do understand the its place I do understand it but it's not very like if you think about it in modern terms it's mm-hmm. not like the people growing up are kind of all like you know they um they see that kind of a, like I've seen people bring it up as how that that's kind of like exclusive of a lot of people and mm-hmm. so if it's moving the force into another um not like it's still kind of the same but it's about like as you said it's kind of about a more of a general more modern mm-hmm. way kind of thing like i like yeah. that yeah does that make sense no it I does yeah. I, I i get it i totally get it i think that there's something weird that happens like so i read i read the heroine's journey one one time and this will definitely bring us into like the conversation of like marine murdoch and what she did because like i read the heroine's journey the first time and i was born in 91 so i'm kind of i lean towards where you guys are um when i first discussed the heroine's journey and like marine murdoch's whole thing i was talking about it with marie claire and marie claire you know was born in the 80s so Mm -hmm. she she and i like in the early 80s like she's like 10 years older than me so you know we we experienced very different types of like what is femininity and what is masculinity and how did our societies uh, affect us growing up as little girls and how did it affect little boys and how did we interact with each other and what did we put behind us and what were our shadows and what do we need to deal with now and what is our garbage? All this stuff, like we're we're 10 years apart, but yet we have very similar experiences because we kind of come from the same generation, but it's becoming irrelevant in a way. Yeah. And I, I get it. Like, I totally get it. Um, and so when I read this book, I was like, wow, this is so 1980s. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, our parents were boomers. My parents weren't boomers. My my parents' parents were boomers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all, already I was kind of disconnected from it. Um, yeah. I mean, I see the value in it because the traits mm-hmm. that they talk about, like, if you take them out of the masculine and feminine thing, it's things that we all deal with. But it's just like putting those into those two brackets is kind of what like trips people out about it, you know? Do you know what? It, uh, yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. And like I, it's the whole like the binary, the gender yeah. binary thing. Well, kind of. And I I get it, but at the same time, like I can see. Uh, this is like <laughs> like <laughs> it's like difficult. Yeah. The, okay, so this is something that like I'll never. I I don't think I'll ever like um think i think that there are absolute truths like i do think there are absolute truths because i think that um as of right now in society like we're born as you know we were born with a with a biologically you know yeah male or biologically female parts and what happens is society projects onto us different 
ideas of like what you should be as a woman or what you should be as a man and we could say like our society has come very far in saying hey we shouldn't project all of these very typical things onto them we should let them be their own person yeah that's fine but like I grew up in Florida, in northern Florida, basically. Oh, yeah, I'm in Texas, so yeah. I totally get that. <laughs> I know it's not something that, um, it's more of a, I guess that's more of a Gen Z and early or late millennial kind of thinking. And um, obviously, this generation's more in- it's inclusive of that. But as a world that we live in right now, it's still very gender binary. Yes. And very like, um, and those truths, um, like, yeah, like you can that's uh, unfortunately that's the world we live in Mm -hmm. where those things are like you know as people do gender reveal parties and all that stuff and (laughs) i mean do you uh i guess Mm -hmm. it's just that so so what i'm trying to say is that i totally get where you're coming from ty where like that's still the world we live in like totally like i live in houston texas and i just watched it and these (laughs) people next to me were making disgusting noises because one of the first scenes is like two men making out so this is different than from gender but like definitely as a society we are not like that advanced as much as we hope (laughs) we hope we are yeah so. so So the thing that, like, obviously happens, like, with this kind of society that we live in is that everything is seen from the masculine perspective. We, uh, mm, It's yeah. called, like, androcentric, you know, where yeah. it's it's seen from the masculine perspective, meaning that male attributes or, or masculine, because I don't even like saying male or female anymore, because it's really just feminine and masculine are not necessarily tied to the sex, right? Yeah. Right. It's a like every man has feminine attributes. Every woman has has masculine attributes. Um, so they're like traits. Traits. Yeah. And if we can see it like that, then you do kind of see how like society puts on you certain things, and you as a child will put things behind you because you're told, you know, women are told or little girls are told uh, not to act inappropriately and to dress a certain way and to not and and what it does is it. They put forth their power and, you know, their parents say, don't act like that. And they put their power behind them. So they end up kind of acting as weak or meek or whatever. Um, And then men do the thing where they are told to not show so much anger because they get little boys tend to get temper tantrums. It's like a weird thing. But yeah. um, <laughs> we, again, we are different, like biologically, like their testosterone makes them want to get angry all the time. So mm-hmm. they act out on that as little boys. And then their moms or their dads say, like, put that away. Like, you can't do that. That's inappropriate. So they put away what what like Robert Bly would call wickedness. So and, and so our power and our wickedness, like in some ways you could see that as the same thing and it is in a way, but it's also coded very differently because we express it differently. So um, when you grow up and you like, this is something that Marie Claire and I talk about a lot. It's like, it's not that it's, it's not that it should be corrected. Like we shouldn't try to correct this happening. It's that this is how we all deal with it. So all we can do is like, look at the little people in our lives and hope that we don't treat them the same way that our parents treated us, but we also yeah. want mm-hmm. to like learn from what we did. Like we want to yeah, just right. pass on what we learned. Like that's all the Skywalker saga is, is <laughs> passing on what you learned, you know? We've passed on all we know. Yeah. It, it's so simple, but like you can't, like you also understand like times change and society changes. 
but you don't know everything. So all you can do is just pass on what you know and hope that it's going to hope it's going to give them enough to yeah. help them continue on that that and journey. And like, hope that you don't hinder their progress as humans. Exactly. Like, no matter how they express themselves, what like what kind of thing they like, who they like, like what right. they identify as, you just kind of hope that you, that you give them as much love and have them f- like obviously find their bliss exactly um, in whichever way that is possible. And um that's actually something that's well, at least in my like my mentality which I'm kind of like a very 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 like accepting person I guess Mm -hmm. um to a point and um uh but like that's something that kind of gives me um kind of some optimism about some of the people that are like well obviously the internet's not a representation of the whole like society but a lot of more people are more accepting than um even previous generations and that's always the case but like now it's kind of like you know the gen my generation and gen z are kind of more accepting of other types of identities and stuff so Mm -hmm. i think that that's really cool because um obviously there's so many issues when it comes to like trans people like in terms of their life and stuff so now that we like pass on what we know to like the other generations and hope that they are able to also be more accepting of everything you know what i mean yep yeah yeah so not to hinder anybody's growth or whatever absolutely yeah so now we can finally get into the meat of the episode which again it's ray and (laughs) now to ray (laughs) that was a huge tangent but i i I appreciate it no that was necessary to to start yeah Yeah. i think so i think so Mm -hmm. so okay uh i i think i said mary murdoch but it's maureen murdoch right Right. yeah maureen (laughs) i i I do know the uh author's name sorry but okay so um she does uh she kind of um do you want to give us a background on her heroine's journey and why she felt it was necessary for her to write it and all that ty sure sure yeah uh no yeah maureen murdoch was like you know she's a psychologist she um studied like she she basically was and I'll just give like a quick synopsis like mm-hmm. at the peak of her career like she was looking at anthropology she was looking at stories she was looking at goddesses she was looking at how women saw themselves in story and she was a therapist first and foremost so she had a lot of women's stories told from their point of view like when they were in therapy with her mm. and they would tell her like their dreams like actual like kind of freudian almost you know in a way like sigmund freud interpreting dreams so they would tell her their dreams that they had and and she would um kind of analyze them through a Jungian freudian point of view and she loved campbell like she really loved campbell's point of view but she wasn't a she wasn't involved in story as much she was more so into kind of this Uh, psychology psychotherapy kind of point of view and so she asked Campbell at a lecture of his what he thought the women's perspective was in terms of the hero's journey she's like well what do women have to do to go on the hero's journey and if you know the hero's journey it's delving into the subconsciousness and delving into reconnecting with your inner self at least that's where he was during that time when she asked him and I'll, I'll kind of like talk about that later but 
Um, he responded at that time of his life, well, the woman only needs to realize that she's already there because the man only ever wants to get where the woman is. Like he always wants to get to the feminine. His his whole his whole journey is to reconnect with his feminine. So therefore, wow. the woman only needs to realize that she's already there. And he kind of said it, I think he said it flippantly, because she didn't like that, and she took that very, he like... It would be canceled in the <laughs> YouTube era. Campbell is canceled, guys. And he was, like, for a long time. Like, honestly, like, a lot of people did not think Campbell... And I actually was really kind of nervous when I started bringing up Campbell in Star Wars circles, because I thought that people were going to think I was some ultra-conservative person. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah. Because he, because a lot of women psychologists didn't like him. Um, but if we look at the end of Campbell's life and we look at the power of myth that he did with Bill Moyers and his book Goddesses, which was, you know, an arrangement of a lot of works that he had, uh, lectures and essays that were never finished that were kind of collected at the end of his life, he was starting to get around to this idea that um, delving into the unconsciousness was delving into the inner feminine and that women could also have this experience because we live in a masculine world. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he was starting to see the same things that Murdoch was seeing and Murdoch was like trying to get him to see that through her, through her, um, part of the I think her journey was more in psychology and it was like what women are faced with in the real world and then she was relating that back to myth but with Campbell he was looking at myth and then how that related to our rituals mm -hmm. so they had very different ways of going about it but I think they were saying the same thing and I, I've said this a lot in other areas but I think they were saying the same thing. I think that it just took Campbell a little bit longer to get there. And yeah. you know, sadly he mm. he died I mm. think before he could actually explicitly state it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I was talking to Matt about this actually. We we talk about Campbell a lot cuz mm -hmm. I was expressing all my discomfort with all these like what we just talked about in the t like just before just now but yeah. um, I was talking to him about how I felt uncomfortable about it and then he was always like, "Well, you know, Campbell did learn and uh, he, it was in his later life." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> he's on his own journey." <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um that's interesting that he did. No human being is perfect at the beginning. Yeah, of their of journey so. like especially in the 50s like that's when Campbell grew up, so. <laughs> and and it's kind of sad but like you know we're gonna look back on our time and we're gonna think oh i did i did i did justice to my life like i did my journey the way i should have I, I should do it but some young person is gonna look at our journey and they're gonna say wow ty should have been canceled when she was you know 20, <laughs> 20 something years old like yeah. she really messed up and like yeah like that's that's the evolution of mankind and you know, yeah. thank God, again, like we said earlier, we thank God we can pass down what we know because it enables the younger generation to do what we couldn't. Of course. Yeah, of course. And that's how, that's how, like, that's how school of thought, that's how that, like, gets better. Like, more voices, more people, more, like, more people put their thoughts into mm -hmm. this and maybe mm -hmm. this isn't right, but maybe this is right. And then they become, like, a different type of school of thought. And yeah. that kind of stuff is, yeah, that's how we, that's how humanity works. Exactly. Like, that's how everything um, progresses. 
I think there's a lot of forgiveness that we, are, like our society needs to learn. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's a lot of the whole, well, if you messed up at this point, you can't get better and like <laughs> screw you forever. But I think like that's another thing. Like Star Wars really changed my mind on this kind of thing. Like n- not Same. that I wasn't forgiving, but like now with Star Wars, like um, I'm not a religious person, but it's kind of like I'm always like, well, you got to forgive. You got to let go now. And I'm just like, am I Yoda? but like like fear of death is like the number one thing my whole life Mm -hmm. like i was like this is gonna be really depressing but i was like in 10 i was 10 years old and i was like oh my i was like having attack like not panic attacks but i was like always anxious and on the edge and thinking like oh my gosh what if like my mom dies or what if my dad dies and that eventually unfortunately is gonna have to happen but like Mm -hmm. um that's like something that star wars even now like now i'm 23 and i got really into it like 22 to 23 Mm -hmm. so getting into star wars like has helped my mentality on that kind of stuff like it's gonna happen i just can't like if thinking about it isn't gonna do much but yeah yeah. i don't even know what we were talking about and i but (laughs) yeah star wars is good guys that's what i wanted to say what it does have like a lot of you know these these like kind of myths and like you know these Campbell thoughts and uh, Mary Murdoch's uh, thoughts, Maureen Murdoch's mm-hmm. thoughts, and it's it's presented to us in a different way through storytelling. So I think it's easier to that di- to digest, mm-hmm. you know, within these stories that we're able to relate to our lives that way. Absolutely. Rather than just, you know. And you can take whatever you want from it. Like, you can see it on the, like, not saying that just watching the movie and enjoying it is superficial, but that's not the, like, not like how... um you can see that on the elementary way of watching the movie or you could be like in PhD the Force Awakens class <laughs> where you analyze all the myth and everything that comes from it or that it was inspired by so yeah right. and um, it's presented with these characters like Kylo and Rey and people that we can relate to so easily with their own storylines you know that just makes it like even better mm-hmm. yeah totally <laughs> okay so now we're going to get into the Rey <laughs> Okay, so we meet Ray as a scavenger. Uh, um, the first scene that we see of her, she's on a Death, not Death Star. She's on the what's it called? Jakku. Star Destroyer. Star yeah, Destroyer. Star she's yes. on the Star Destroyer, <laughs> looking for stuff and like swinging and doing parkour. And um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and uh, yeah, so the first thing, like we have this, we have this uh circle, full circle thing that has the journey, the heroine's journey on it, and mm-hmm. um. I guess the first step in her journey is the separation from the feminine. Mm-hmm. And as we see Ray, she's not, um, she's more of a gruff worker every day. She's like going into the, um, what's it called? The outpost? Nima outpost? Nima. Yep. Yeah. And she's, we, there's actually this really interesting scene where she sees a woman who's older and she kind of like, she's freaked out by it. And, um, and then she keeps on cleaning her, whatever she has Mm -hmm. and um i think that's that's kind of a separation from the feminine kind of like Mm -hmm. obviously ray's like like she doesn't want that for her she doesn't want that like she doesn't want to get older and stay on jakku forever but um i think melissa and i before the podcast we were talking about how um this is kind of like her like that scene specifically is kind of like her rejection of the feminine Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah because yeah. it's like, saying that she's not the same in a way yeah 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 like the she's 
I'm I'm not like the other girls. <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing that up. <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding, but um It's yeah, yeah like yeah. At this point I I don't want to say that like I guess just hard working and like doing all this like physical work is like a masculine trait, but obviously the feminine traits we see through whenever she rescues BB8, mm-hmm. but like f- that's before like that's kind of like the first time we see that right well i i mean i'm sure she's a compassionate person like mm-hmm. there's the journal that they released of ray and how she wanted to make friends and then they yeah. stole her ship or yeah. something it's heartbreaking but she also has like the flower and the uh um, oh, the, yeah, doll, the, the doll the doll on her dolls. yeah i think that that's like pretty telling um that she's a little girl you know yeah, yeah. she still is at this point of her life yeah yeah and like she was raised well i don't know about raised but she was definitely like uh looked at <laughs> i don't know like what <laughs> else to say she wasn't raised but she was like uncar plot was her main mm-hmm. i guess guardian a slave owner i don't she was a slave right she yeah. was a slave and yeah then she broke out of that so i don't really want to call him her guardian but like he was the only figure in her life that like, he fed her basically yeah. after her hard work. Yeah. But he, she had to rely on him for her. So survival. that could be like that's the kind of separation of the feminine, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I feel like the choices for Ray were actually really extreme. I think yeah, that's what angers me. I think the most when people say that her character didn't have to struggle and that she was a Mary Sue or whatever, it drives me crazy because I think that like they could have made her have parents. And they didn't. Like, they literally put yeah. her in... They, they tortured her. Like, they really made her suffer um, yeah. for for good for good reason. But, like, honestly, that was rough. That was way more rough than what Luke or Anakin had to go through. And the fact that she's, like, living in an old, like, ATAT For guys, they're like, oh, that's so cool. But they don't look past anything <laughs> but that. Um, like, um... Anakin was like a happy child. Like, yeah, what the heck? and he had his mom. He, he had, had his little mom. friends, his cute he little had friends, friends yep. that like cheered him on. Like we he don't could compete in races. He could freely move about, like in a town. It wasn't like an outpost. It was like a town. Exactly. Yeah, so in terms of main characters, like origin stories, I feel like Ray is the one that suffered the most. Absolutely, and that's why she deserves everything. It, it kills me because. You know, even in Luke's character, we see in the, like, deleted scenes and whatnot, he had, like, friends, you know? <laughs> he had, like, a lot of friends. Yeah. And then Anakin, you know, obviously had friends and whatnot. But in Ray, like, Ray doesn't have any friends. Like, Ray could, Ray they could have is- shown her, like, cleaning off the the parts. And they could have shown her, like, doing it with other people that were her age. They could have done that. Or, like, yeah. other aliens. But they didn't for a reason. Yeah, there's nobody there at all that we we see that seems like they could relate to relate like to Ray at all. Like exactly. she's literally alone, which is why in every she sense of the word. Yeah, and which which is why she separated so far from the feminine. She has no hopes of becoming a mother. She has no per- hopes of becoming a lover. You know, like there's no one on that planet, that, or in least at least in the outpost that she has seen, and we don't know what. What has happened exactly with her? I'd like to think that she has had no romantic interactions at all. Um, but who knows? There might have been like some guy that came along who really <laughs> showed her that she that maybe taught her. I taught her, showed her. It sounds like so terrible. But like maybe she believed from an interaction with some guy that she was worthless, you know. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And that's why she's delved further into the idea that she's just going to act as strong as possible so that she's... I mean, if you think realistically, like, what do you think? What kind of people do you think are at the outpost, you know? Exactly. They're probably not the nicest people ever. And who knows what kind of things people who have lived there have had to do to survive. So, and we don't know if Ray has done anything like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, of course, it's, it's totally... It, it it totally is believable that she has separated herself in that way from the feminine so much that she is in the masculine world. Like she's living in the masculine world. We the only time we see her separation from the from the feminine actually is when we see her vision, you know, that she has later that shows us a memory uh when she was little seeing the ship fly mm-hmm. off. Like that's that's the actual separation happening. Um but I think that yeah, the after effects of that are detrimental for her right yeah and i don't think it was till the last jedi where we see her integrate that even though she's not around women Mm -hmm. she's in the act two she's on fertile ground she's on like forest strong you know she's surrounded by life surrounded by life yeah yeah Yeah. the water well even like oh yeah yeah so if we want to go through this like through steps like you know the next step is the identification with the masculine so like uh, and also i'll kind of like compare it a little bit with the hero's journey because like with hero's Mm -hmm. journey the separation of the feminine for the hero is the like the event that takes them out of the the home where the mother like it, it is separation of the feminine for the hero like their mother is like their everything it's like the hearth home and everything and then either their mother is killed their parents are killed or they have to be taken out of their home for some reason right Mm -hmm. and so then they go into the underworld and they kind of it's like the first three steps of the heroine's journey is like the same as like the first step of the the hero's journey so so ray like steps out of jakku and she like identifies with han and she identifies with finn and she gathers her allies and da 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 but like we have to kind of like do this weird speed up kind of thing. Like you have to fast forward through all these steps in a way with Ray. Um, she messes up. She does stupid things like she frees the Wrath Tars and she doesn't fly the Falcon very well. And she, uh, you know, she almost blows right. them up and stuff. But, you know, <laughs> she she shows herself. She proves herself to the men because that's her goal. Like that's always her goal. Right. And for good reason, because Maureen Murdoch says that, like, women want to prove themselves in a masculine world. Like, that's our ultimate thing. Whereas, like, men don't necessarily need to prove themselves to other men. They just are. They just, yeah. they are whatever they are. <laughs> like, it's very odd. But um, w- women have to prove themselves. And so in our road of trials, we we just look to other men to show us that we're doing a good job. We don't look to ourselves. So, So, yeah, anyways, like. And through all of this, um, the delving into, like, the subconscious is when she goes to Maz's castle. Because the cool thing about Maz is, like, like Maz is the feminine. Like, she is a woman. She's a grandmother. Yes. <laughs> she basically is taking care of everyone, like, um, yeah. in the castle. Yeah. Like, there's a reason why they didn't just... They, there's a reason why they didn't make her a man. Like, they made her a woman for a reason. Like, she's, like, the female Yoda. Um, yeah. and there's reason she has a castle like yeah like it's very feminine coded 
And like that's the place where Ray literally walks into her subconscious is in Maz's castle. Um, she delves mm-hmm. into the feminine for the first time. Everything before that is like Ray acting like a dude. She's <laughs> she's a mechanic. She yeah. she can fly. She's um those typical traits that are attributed to guys. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like even with Finn, she's like, I got this. Like I'm fine. Like stop treating me like a girl. I'm fine. You yeah. know. Stop taking my hand. <laughs> stop taking my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and everything like everything with that is yeah she's very masculine coded and then all of a sudden she walks underneath the castle she's not like the other girls she's not like the other girls (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh god it's just is that gonna be a gag for the rest of the episode (laughs) that's the title of the episode ray not like the other girls i dare you to do that that's that's problematic i cancel myself It's so relevant, but that's but it's like a step, right? It's a step. It's, it's rejecting the feminine. Like I did it, like when I was in, you know, college, high school, yeah. college, whatever, high yeah. school more so. But like, yeah, I was like, no, I'm not like other girls. I'm gonna explore the masculine. But you always come back to you always delve into your own cave. Eventually, you're like, what do I want? Like, what's going on inside of me? What is something that I haven't figured out? And for me, it was, you know, always kind of the creative side of myself you know because i didn't want to create things that guys wanted to create i wanted to create romance and history and historical romance maybe you know mm-hmm. so with, with with watching like you know ray delve into this castle and then finding the the skywalker you know the the boon of the skywalkers the sword of right. the skywalkers like it felt almost um heretical because you know okay she's not a skywalker like obvious i knew she wasn't a skywalker (laughs) yeah and um like you said in your video your youtube video when you the most recent one where the most recent one where you delve into ray's journey Mm -hmm. it's exactly like the same um kind of uh it's the kind of scene with like sleeping beauty yeah the one that like terrified me as a child and i would watch sleeping beauty over and over again just so that i could get that scare yeah um, which is so funny <laughs> like why did i do that to myself yeah. but um yeah, like where she's walking she sees that green light and she walks up the castle she pricks her finger yep. it's she was always destined to um to prick her finger and so like that's i guess ray was always destined to get the skywalker saber like yeah that's that's she that's the moment where it called to her and she delved into i guess the unconscious is that what you said her subconscious subconscious yeah yeah because living in the masculine world we all of our subconscious is the feminine in a way um Mm, we we put away that part of ourselves because society tells us that that's not appropriate it's not wanted so we yeah. all men and women put it away so yeah she does prick her finger on the skywalker saber, <laughs> on the saber. yeah uh, yeah i think it's really particular how she pricks some things oh god <laughs> <laughs> i am out of control today <laughs> oh i was gonna say yeah i think it's really particular how she is kind of put on this destiny or mm-hmm. this fate at the castle you know with the saber it's like it's it didn't happen like, you know, she didn't find it on the Falcon for whatever reason, because if this was like, you know, a Skywalker saber and you, you would think maybe it'd be with their other belongings and it yeah. could be like on the Falcon. They could have totally put it on the Falcon. They would have made point. sense. 
Very good but point. The, yeah. <laughs> wow. Thanks. Um, but it's so interesting how it happens at the castle, like under Maz's, like, you know, who you'd say is like very feminine, very motherly. Yep. And it happens at her place. So I think that's yeah. really interesting to think about. Yeah. And back, uh, just backing up a little bit, back to Ray's journey or Ray's origin. Um, it's really like, it's so interesting that um, Ray, like, everything that happens in The Force Awakens, like, the first half, like, leads her to the Skywalker saber, like, leads her to Kylo, too. Like, mm-hmm. um, not that she's, like, I, I don't know if I word it that weirdly, but um, I'm just trying to say that, mm-hmm. okay, so she runs into Finn, and she beats him up, and <laughs> or she runs into BB-8, who, like, sees Finn, who sees his jacket, who now wants Ray to beat him up, and mm-hmm. she beats up Finn, and then they get caught with uh, Finn, because in the storm, like, there's a target on her back, mm-hmm. because she's with Finn, and she goes into the Falcon, because the other ship was destroyed. The Falcon is latched onto by whatever First Order ship Han was on, mm-hmm. and then um, they go into Maz's um, castle, where the Skywalker Saber is, yep. and, like obviously bb8 is also trying to lead her to leia and then she sees the saber and she runs away and then she's led right into kylo ren and i'm just like holy moly <laughs> the race keys are right there's something with ray and and i don't think i think a lot of times obviously we want to deny that she's ray skywalker and i don't think she's a skywalker at all i just want to say that but mm-hmm well from a certain point of view but like there's a reason why the force is like yo meet this family yeah (laughs) every single member of this family like the end of the force awakens is her meeting everyone um, basically is still alive yeah yeah i think that like her being on jakku and the and bb being on jakku sorry yeah go ahead literally the first scene is uh kylo ren stepping onto yeah Jakku. like yeah so trippy man like they're literally they faded. were destined to meet each they other. were destined to meet i think that that's actually palps doing but like i don't want to say that um i don't want to say like they're destined because of palp i i want to say that i think that yeah, it makes sense though I, yeah I see what you're saying well you Just... could say that the force yes i think it's the... this to happen i think it's the force but i think that palps knows what's going on i think he knows what the force wants now i think that he's like oh i like i think he sees more what's going on and he's trying to connect the lines a little bit better and that he's trying to outsmart the force especially if he's in um so in the previous episode with matt i was like maybe um maybe palpatine is in the world between worlds and that would like match up with that Mm -hmm. kind of line Mm -hmm. of thinking where he is in control of the universe like I mean, I don't know if he is. Obviously, this is speculation. If I'm wrong, that's fine. <laughs> for speculation's sake, if Palpatine is manipulating, manip- sorry, manipulating. manipulating all of these events, like it makes sense. But mm-hmm. it's gonna work in the opposite way that he wanted to because if you try to make stuff happen, like yeah, the opposite happens. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's like the kind of line of thinking of the story, like with any type of prophecy or controlling of anything like you never get what you want because you can't change you can't really manipulate Mm -hmm. events like that no you know what i mean exactly yeah prophecies are always a false truth in a way (laughs) yeah yeah like if if you just accept it and you're like 
like Padme did. Mm-hmm. Like you could have, you could just be okay with yourself, with your inner self, with everything around you, and you would have survived. Or but then she had someone else manipulating her yeah. uh, life, which was Anakin and probably Palpatine. But we don't know that. That's mm-hmm. unconfirmed. <laughs> That's unconfirmed rumors. Yeah. Uh, Wikipedia voice. Where's the source? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, anyway, back to Ray. I was just saying how everything everything leads her to the Skywalkers. Every yeah. single one of them, including Han, yeah. uh, who is a Skywalker, but um Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she uh so, yeah, so she's like constantly yeah, she's going through all of this, you know, connecting with the Skywalkers, gathering her allies who are basically like the remnants of the Skywalkers and she gathers up a stormtrooper, I guess, in the meantime. But um <laughs> she uh she yeah she finds her boon of success the the funny thing about like force awakens is that from the moment that she's captured by kylo to the moment that she defeats him it's like all the same emotions for her like she is literally just tapping into the force using his energy that he's projecting like he's giving her everything like when the moment that they meet he's projecting uh the living force like he's giving her the living force and he's showing her that energy and that power that she could have and she is like i don't want this i don't know what this is and then when he attacks her with it she goes aha like i can use this like i will use this like that's when she right. truly like when people say Oh well, she tapped into Kylo's mind to figure out how to use it. No, that's that's not what it was. She just <laughs> she was learning throughout the entire thing, right? Like mm-hmm. I was even talking to Danny earlier before this too. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> I was telling her I I thought about this in the shower because of course everything mm-hmm. amazing comes from mm-hmm. when you're showering. Um, like how people say like yeah, raise a Mary Sue because she got Kylo's powers and it was like copy paste and that's you know. <laughs> She just, she just knows she can just be that way because of Kylo. Well, I feel like I was thinking if anybody else other than Rey, like without her experience and survival skills and, you know, just how talented she is with, you know, the force in general, Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone else could have used those because they said like, you know, when Kylo, when she went back into Kylo's mind during the interrogation scene, it's like all the doors are opened and all these like his training was her training like that abilities to do those things were there Mm -hmm. so i don't think it was a copy paste scenario it was more of like she was given these tools yeah that all of a sudden she has access to to actually fulfill her potential yeah so she was in the beginning she was already talented but she just needed that the extra step there that he was able to provide so it wasn't like she just took his powers you know no and she something that she was able to add well and it's also like this this total misunderstanding of what the subconsciousness is because Mm -hmm. technically the force is the human subconsciousness. So like technically we can all tap into it. If we all lived in like the, the world of star Wars, we could all tap into the force, every single person. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is the human subconsciousness. Like meaning that like it's, it, it knows no bounds. So with Ray tapping into Kylo's mind, she didn't necessarily need to do that just because they connected minds. They only did that because they were trying to give us 
a connection to the, those two. Those two needed the connection for other mm-hmm. romantic reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like, for her to learn, uh, given to be given the tools, like you said, to learn the mm-hmm. Force in a certain way, she could have tapped into Obi-Wan's mind, you know? She could yeah. have tapped into... It didn't have to be Kylo, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, she didn't have to do Kylo. It could have been anybody, but they wanted to give us that scene. They wanted to kind of kill two birds with one stone, in a way. (laughs) Get the Raylo started. (laughs) Yeah, get the Raylo started, but also show, like, she was already, like, adaptable. Like, she she knew, like, she just, she knew how to to adapt because she grew up in such a hard environment. Yeah, like, she had to adapt on Jakku, otherwise she would have died. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's also something, like, Riri Hart, I think that was Riri Hart on the YouTube video where they, they're explaining the, um, the, for- the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. She says that her, or Larry Kasdan and, um, the story group, they were talking about how there's a connection between Rey and Kylo that, um, we kind of don't know, like, what that is yet. Like, um, even after the force or the last jedi so there's a connection between them right. and obviously it's so clear that there is because um you know Rayskis always talk about all those things that i brought up about how everything leads her to the skywalkers so that she has to do something with that family and i think that's true in but like we still don't know the full thing of it and obviously if you listen to any of the previous podcasts i'm like um i'm on the reincarnation train but <laughs> Even if that's not the case, like, there's still something there. Like, yeah. I don't know, that we still don't know. Right. But I think we will figure out through Palpatine's role in the Rise of Skywalker, which I don't know why I didn't think that he would come back because it's so clear now, but yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, And yeah, I'll just say, like, there was a, uh, there was a couple of theories that I read on, like, Star Wars Cantina back, you know, right after Last Jedi came out um, that were basically saying, like, oh, like, um, Hux is not a good enough villain for Nine. Palpatine needs to yeah. come back, and and literally like they were all saying it. They were all like saying, you know, Palpatine is obviously not dead because of his role in Rebels and because of him trying to find yeah. like the world between worlds. And there was all of this speculation, and it was like a about like two or three weeks. It was like a trend to try to determine, okay, if he did come back, how. So, I I just want to like like put that out there like this it 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 definitely was a very popular theory for a while mm-hmm. yeah so on the heroine's journey there's the um finding the boon of success um part of it and we could kind of surmise that this is around whenever sh- the uh star killer base is destroyed which isn't per- particularly ray's cause but whenever she fights kylo and she uh defeats him i guess and then they go back to the resistance base and mm-hmm. there's this party and um well there's not a party <laughs> but they're all happy that they succeeded and um yeah that's the end right mm-hmm. like and then she finds, she finds Luke. Luke. Like, yeah, she that's right. that's before she's crushed, and all her hopes and dreams are like, "Don't meet your heroes, guys." But um, yeah. yeah, she literally hands Luke the boon of success at the end of the Force Awakens, and it like zooms out, 
and we like and it circles the island and it's like oh yay like she she's basically like please love and accept me yes Here's a she's... token of my <laughs> need for you to accept me and i think that's another thing like remember how i said that we see the story through ray's perspective mm. i think that's why so many people were upset like subconsciously mm-hmm. like i don't even think they realized that this, this is why it's like they wanted ray of course to be trained and to be luke's daughter or whatever but i think they wanted to be they wanted ray to be accepted yeah. like they don't probably don't think of it in those terms because they think they hate ray but they want success for her mm-hmm. and for luke to be so negative it's like why the heck are she didn't do anything to you yeah, dude she literally <laughs> just met him i so i think it might be subconscious in that sense where they're like accept me because even men are seeing themselves not maybe not seeing themselves in ray because they don't think that deeply but they're Mm -hmm. seeing themselves as a protagonist who hands luke skywalker the boon of success which is the skywalker saver Mm -hmm. and he's he rejects them he throws it in the Mm -hmm. like behind him not even caring if it falls off and Mm -hmm. so i think that's really interesting like the perspective and obviously there's a lot of women who were upset by that too yeah. like it's not just men who are upset by luke's journey right. but um that might be a subconscious thing that maybe they haven't even realized like maybe they're upset that ray wasn't accepted because they see themselves in ray like she's the chosen one in the story like um in terms of being the main character mm-hmm. well and yeah. like what what answers were we going to find if luke took that saber and said yes i will teach you the ways of the jedi let's go yeah kill yeah <laughs> Like, I don't understand yeah. how that's a fulfilling journey for Ray, who's looking for... Well, also, like, at this point, they want vengeance for Han. Right. Like, yes. they don't care yeah. about anything, like, that the family be happy or anything. Right. They want I Han's don't... murder to be um, avenged. Exactly. They want it to be, mm-hmm. like, painful for him. They want, like, I, I, like... J.J. Abrams had to go on the director's audio, audio commentary of The Force Awakens to basically like tell the audience that uh, Kylo was struggling whenever he met his father on that um, bridge. Yeah. Bridge. So Mm -hmm. I think totally like if, 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 if uh, Luke accepted the saber and he accepted Ray's proposal to come with her and help the resistance, she would never would have found out about the truth about Kylo. Yeah. Because, you know, she wouldn't have pushed him to, to tell her. Yeah. And, and she wouldn't have want like the connection. She would have never been curious about it. Like mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not she would have because Yeah, because she wanted to know what happened. Like why why is he this way? Mm-hmm. And she wanted to find yeah. out what happened. So if if that didn't happen, like we would never she would never have built this empathy for for Kylo. She wouldn't have Who was also rejected by Luke. <laughs> yeah. 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 So this would never have happened without that part of like Luke or that that um that journey of like Luke getting into that state of like this depressive state, regressive state of where he doesn't you know, he's not in tune with the force anymore. So it's like when people say, Oh well, they're criticizing that part of the movie, it's like, Well that's not that doesn't pro- progress the story any further with like Ray and Kylo or anything like that. It's just kind of, you know, like you said, like, all right, let's go kill Kylo Ren, you know, like that doesn't make anything <laughs> doesn't change anything. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, and um, now the next step would be awakening to feelings of spiritual aridity and death. Yeah, like, so she, like, obviously, like, because she's given this newfound (laughs) rejection, I guess, because she's been, she's been rejected by, like, everything at this point. She's been rejected uh, 
by by all the men, all the men, the mentors in her life. Like she's been accepted by like people like Leia, like, but, but Leia's like, no, you need to go and you need to have this journey on your own. You need to, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt, yeah. but something that else that's crazy mm-hmm. is, um, she has have been dreaming of this Island, mm-hmm. her, maybe her whole life, her whole life. This is she it. probably, yeah. Yeah. She, she probably thought she would find belonging there. And then she's there and she's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> he doesn't want me. Yep. I what did I do wrong? Like, did am I not enough? And all this stuff. So she finds belonging in the nature around her. Yeah. Which is so interesting. That because, oh yeah. Like islands are coded as like mm-hmm. creation. Obviously right. they pop up out of like volcano um lava or whatever um and they form like new species new uh new forms of like you know their 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 death and plants their death and creation yeah they they are symbols of that yeah so that's where she finds her belonging Mm -hmm. although she doesn't realize it really yeah like as she walks around with luke exploring the island and she sees him uh get the milk from the teat he's she's so uncomfortable mm-hmm. and right she's also not understanding what the tree why the tree's calling to her <laughs> and she's not understanding why the dark side cave is calling to her she doesn't understand anything about the island even though she it's an island that she's seen in her dreams like her whole life yeah and she's grown up on this desert planet this whole time and she's been dreaming of an island and she so everything is good to her everything has the potential to be good everything has the potential to give her an answer for what she's been looking for her whole life so when she does see the water and the cave there is no it doesn't represent darkness to her it represents something new right mm-hmm. so she sees kind of more of the feminine symbols that we see watching it um water and darkness like the womb and reflection right like figuring out who you are these are all good things but you know luke sees that as bad because of what he's experienced but when she sees it she's like anything is better than arid and you know beige and dry and you know starving and whatever like she sees anything but what she has before as some understanding like as good so when she's there yeah she's descending into the feminine like she's figuring out who she is as a woman and she's uncomfortable with it and she doesn't understand it but she needs to know because like you said which i think is something that a lot of people forget and it's something i totally forgot to mention in my video was that she dreamt of the island her whole life so Mm -hmm. she's totally open to to learning about it otherwise she would have been totally afraid of it right and even like when uh, like way back when uh luke was with yoda on dagobah when his with his own cave scene yoda you know when luke says what am i gonna see there Mm -hmm. yoda says only what you'll take with you yeah so it's really interesting how we think about ray and what she took with her into that her own cave scene and how luke probably you know he saw something way worse than what Ray probably saw and that's why like she wasn't as afraid or she didn't really understand as the same way as Luke did and how he was avoiding that area on the island. I would do so I would push back just a little based based on like Luke uh for Luke and Ray 
Ray for like Ray sees what like she was scared of her whole life that she's by she's right. That's what she did yeah. come to and realize. Luke's, Luke sees the worst part like like he doesn't want to become mm-hmm. Vader. Vader. So it's because obviously yeah. Luke at this point I don't think he knows that um, Vader is his father. So he sees right. No, he doesn't know yet. No, yeah, yeah. So he, knowing the fact that he was trained by Obi Wan also as anakin or as darth vader wait i don't even know did obi-wan tell luke that he trained vader no he just said he was his friend yeah he didn't say like he was his like apprentice Mm -hmm. at one point i think so So never mind but like i still at this point like he's just scared that he's gonna fall and become yeah and that's like his worst fear as ray's is to be alone right that's what eventually she came to but i mean in the beginning Luke already knew that stuff about like the dark side caves and stuff like stuff like that where towards oh. with him like he kind of told her like don't go near there in a way you know oh sure because okay. she <laughs> because that was his experience Bec- with it yeah I think that was more so though because he went she went straight to it so like when right, she right. had her first connection with the force he didn't understand how connected she was to the force yet so he had just met her he thought that she was just nobody from nowhere like she said and he was like, okay, like, this is how you connect with the Force. And she didn't do it the first time. So he was like, oh, my God, you're so stupid. No, <laughs> think about it with your, like, re- with your feelings. Reach out with your feelings. And then mm-hmm. she reached out with her feelings, and she immediately went to the dark. So he thought that she was feeling, like, that. Like, she, he thought that that was all that she could feel. But he didn't mm-hmm. know her. He didn't ask her about her parents. Like, he didn't ask her about, like, what kind of life she lived on Jakku, right? He just wanted her to... I don't know. He wanted to treat... He wanted to teach her like he did all of his other Padawans, it seemed like. Right. And that seems yeah. so, like, sad, yeah. like, for the Jedi, I, you know? Yeah, and when yeah. he suddenly like realized... He never upgraded. <laughs> he never upgraded. New school. He didn't... He wasn't created a, creative enough to take... Well, we don't know exactly how, what he no. taught, but like based on the fact that Ben Solo fell, it, you can kind of surmise that maybe Luke didn't see... Like, right. He didn't learn from the past mistakes yeah, of the I Jedi, don't... and that's why whenever the, the Jedi or his Jedi school failed, he was just like, well, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Luke understood the balance of the Force, really. No. Like, in the terms of light and dark side. Because, I mean, he does talk about, like, the nature and, you know, the Which is, like, I understand why a lot of Luke stands are, like, sad about it. Because that's kind of what the, he sees that. Like, he's the representation of balance Mm -hmm. in Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. he's the only one who thought Vader had anything worth saving. And he struggled with the dark, but he threw the lightsaber. So I think that fear returned again. Like, once he... He saw that darkness in Ben, and then he kind of remembered everything that Vader had done. That fear crept back in mm-hmm. and yeah. kind of overtake him, and he wasn't able to see the balance anymore of the light and the dark side. Yeah, he was biased. Well, you know, at that point, I, and and I think it's I, I think we can put Luke at fault with some of that, but I also think that like yeah. the Force itself is like sick. So I think that there's yeah. there there was never a chance for Luke to actually balance everything because like the Force is sick. Like yeah, there's an ultimate there 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 has there's like a bigger solution that needs to come of all of this that he couldn't need some medicine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't have it. Like the like Luke couldn't find it. And he tried. Like in the comics they show him trying to find, 
you know, what was the original Jedi Sith and what made them split and all that kind of stuff. And he tries to find the solution. And that's, I think, why he moves further and further away from the truth, because he tries so hard to find it and he doesn't allow himself just to be. Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. he that's where he finds kind of like this disillusionment and he has to go away because he doesn't trust himself anymore. Um, yeah. And we'll see more of like, it. Like, you kind of have mm-hmm. to... It's kind of like how Maureen Murdoch talks about the vessel. Yeah. Kind of how you have everything you need inside of you. Yes. So, like, to find... Obviously, Luke has a different journey because he's a male or he's a guy. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, he still did have everything he needed. And he had Skywalker blood, yeah. like, as whatever that means. But um, essentially, it's just kind of like you have to look inside of yourself and realize that all parts of you are valuable and all parts of you are going to bring can bring happiness and all this good stuff and like you just have to constantly like just be yourself like not actually i don't know yeah no it absolutely does because like i I think that the beginning i think jason fry tapped into it the best when at the beginning of um the novelization for the last jedi he wrote luke dreaming of having a wife right yeah so yeah. Mm-hmm. i think that he was tapping into like what luke actually wanted he wanted companion her name was mara jade right <laughs> <laughs> oh god Sorry. i forgot what her name was actually my bad but yeah no, like but he really did like he was like you know luke luke obviously like wanted like companionship and he wanted he wanted a partner um and like han and leia like went off and they had their own lives but luke Luke wanted that as well. Yeah. So, and I think probably Luke thought he had a responsibility to the greater mm-hmm. good. Yeah. But he failed, so he sucks. <laughs> so he sucks. <laughs> he couldn't figure it well, out. That's totally. He couldn't figure yeah, it out. Well, and that's yeah. totally why he I'm isolated just kidding. Failure, fail, failures are okay in this yeah. podcast. We love failures. Dude, <laughs> no, but I'm serious. Like, um, Failing doesn't mean he's no. Sucks. He just failed. Luke is, well, that's how he learned with Yoda and the exact yeah, failure is the best teacher. I mean, Luke is going right. to go down as one of the best heroes in in any story because he failed. Right? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. I think that's what a lot of guys don't or fanboys don't understand is that that's okay to fail. Yeah. Like you know, you know, a lot of the times you know we're told like, oh well, you know, never fail, always try to be the best and always win, but. Failure actually can teach you more than winning. Absolutely. Yeah, like, sorry to be topical, but um, Ash from Pokemon, he finally won the Pokemon <laughs> League or something. And uh, what I was reading on Twitter, though, is that he always failed so that the, 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 like, the anime could teach kids that failing mm-hmm. is okay. And I'm like, oh, wow. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it took like awesome. 20 years. So. I was wondering why that was trending on Twitter. Thank you for telling yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. No. I. And so like, yeah, to bring it back to Star Wars, it's okay that Luke failed. Yeah. He learned. All right. So is there anything else about awakening to feelings of spiritual aridity and death that we want to talk about? I don't think we touched on the death part so much as we did for the awakening. Um, um, I was just going to say that like uh, spiritual sp- Oh, awakening to feeling feelings of spiritual rigidity is something that I experienced in my life like very um, heavily. I like felt like a deep, deep, deep depression um, around a f- couple years ago uh, when I was I had like my first job out of grad school and I was like a uh, I was like administrative 
work working a front desk at like some firm and um not uh, people people got on to me for putting my shoes underneath the desk like my heels because I, I of course I didn't like commute in my shoes and I worked it was like an hour and a half commute that I had to take and all this kind of stuff anyways mm-hmm. like it was absolutely you know I, I was putting my time in and I knew I was putting my time in but I also had my graduate degree and a lot of the people that I worked for and then I answered the phone for were undergrad like kids like they like had just come out of their getting their undergrad degree and I and it's, it's felt awful so I understand awakening of feelings of spiritual aridity in that way like that's how I feel it it's a um understanding that you you have been led to believe a lie almost yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> like do you mean as in like you thought that uh the grad degree would like boost you more and then you saw that you were working with a bunch of other people who were undergrads as also is that what you mean yeah in a way um, yeah yeah and like it was also like I also had like a lot of internship experience like I had worked in in pretty prestigious internship programs that didn't pay but it, I they were they were programs that were supposed to get me to where I was and I worked my butt off to get there and you know there I was starting from the beginning again so it killed me because I like it, it just it really killed my spirit and I think like when I see this mm-hmm. and I read this from Marine Murdoch I kind of see the same things like I was led to believe a lie and it's not just a lie made from society it's a lie made from men because the area that I that I was going up in, which was like international studies, national security type work, um, is obviously a male dominated field. Yeah. So a lot of them told me, you know, go get your master's degree. You'll be well off. Like you'll be much better off if you get that. Like you can't get into the, you can't like, they all told me, Oh, we don't have anything available right now. Like just go get your master's degree. Like once you come out of that, like, yeah, it'll be a lot of debt, but at least you'll have the degree. Like, you know, at least you'll have that. And, you know, here I am coming out of my master's degree and I have, uh, and and I can say this on this, I had um, over $70,000 in, Yikes. yeah, in like debt. And then, and not to mention credit card debt on top of that, because I had moved to a different right. city. But then on top of that, um, I was going to be getting paid only like, $18 an hour so <laughs> and I had yeah like and I had had like you know I had various jobs throughout all of that that were pretty low but the fact that I had gotten my degree and I had you know gone that long and I came out of it and I still was lower than my colleagues that had only bachelor undergrad degrees Mm-hmm. It was such a blow to my ego and to everything that I had tried to so right. so hard. I moved to do two different state, you know. I moved two hundred miles away from where I grew up, and it it was it was hard or not two hundred sorry a thousand nine hundred and something miles. It was yeah from Florida to D.C. So whenever I read this chapter from Marine Murdoch, I was like, holy crap! Like this is where I was like a couple years ago realizing that men lied to me (laughs) right and like for ray it was kind of like she's her she feels like she her dreams kind of lied to her because her dream was the island like she i don't know what uh, what thoughts she 
was putting into the island or the dream of the island but it obviously meant something to her if um kylo kylo saw the island in her head so and this was before she even knew that uh luke was on that island this was just true she had seen the map but this was separate from it so it's just interesting like she was obviously it's she had the same experience like True. as you were describing where she's probably like everything's gonna be okay as if i get to the island and then she got to the island and the island let her down she's well not the island itself mm-hmm. but what was there for her and you even have the scene where she's talking to kylo and she's like i've never felt so alone and she probably wasn't expecting that because remember she's been living on her own her whole life and that's the moment where she felt most alone and it's because she put so much hope into this section of like her dreams Mm -hmm. and then when she's there she doesn't actually like get what she wants like she's just still trying to figure out her life and it's it's I feel like that's kind of the same yep. thing, right? Yep. Because, and this is where, okay, so this is where the two different types of men begin to begin to take form in your life, right? Because, um, you know, in my journey, like I had like men, like my father and my people in my society that began, that were telling me, and this is, and honestly, the reason why I'm starting to get personal is because like this part in Murdoch's heroine's journey is personal. It's, completely yeah. and totally yeah. personal if you cannot find a a story within marine murdoch's book that does not relate to you then write your own because that's the whole point like she wanted to yeah. mm-hmm. she wanted to use women's stories to try to tell people like what women go through um and you know for me it was like I got up here and I was experiencing this new change. And luckily I had drug my husband up here, my reluctant husband. <laughs> and I was like, you know, like, okay, we're going to do this together. We're like, we're going to experience this together. We're going to go through this together. And, you know, he, he went through this with me and, and he became my, he became my community. Um, and we were able to, we were able to do this together. We experienced different changes together And that to me, like when I see like Ray on Octo and when she immediately connects with Kylo, like literally I was in the theater like, oh, my God, this is like me in D.C. Like this is me like (laughs) experiencing all these new things. But then he keeps popping in. And it was like this. She she didn't want him to be there. This was her journey. Like this was she was supposed to go on this on her own. But he keeps popping in there like annoyingly. And I was like, like hey, what's, hey what's up? What are you going through? What's going on? <laughs> and he's like trying. To, he's questioning her. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's very he's calm. Trying to he's very poke like his normal. Way through. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Questioning. Yeah. And she's like, I don't want you to be normal. I hate you. I just kill almost killed. Yeah. You. Bye. And he's like, OK, but how does this work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's asking him and, and she she tries so hard. She's like, I don't I don't understand this, but like. She and then all of a sudden she figures out like okay I need to ask the right questions like like why did you kill your father you know and and then as soon as she starts asking the right questions she starts breaking down because she's pro- yeah. she's projecting on him um, he's projecting on her they're projecting on each other their own darkness their own insecurities and to me that's like so reminiscent of you know everything I've gone through in my life where I'm constantly putting on my husband what I'm going through 
And I'm constantly asking him, you know, like, what, like, why are you doing this? Like, what, like, like, what, why are you doing that? And he's like, well, you're doing the same thing. Like, like, stop (laughs) it. Like, you're doing the same thing. Like, we're both going through this. We're both going through this change. Like, Kylo's saying, like, you know, I don't know what this is either. And I want to figure it out. And you're the only person that knows that other than me, you know, you're nothing but not Mm -hmm. to me. Like, we have the same stuff. So let's figure it out together. Like, that's a love story. That's that's love. That's companionship. That's not just romantic love. It's companionship. Like, as opposed to another story that we already saw in... um in the prequel trilogy where they don't have the Anakin and Padme story. They don't have that. And I was noticing, I made this tweet today, yesterday, because when I was watching The Force Awakens, I was so, I I love Han and Leia, but I was just so annoyed by them. (laughs) And I made this tweet that was like their communication. This is like their attempt at communicating. And it's kind of like Leia and then, and then there's like no no text after Leia, and then there's Han, and no text after Han <laughs> and Leia, and no text after again. And so yeah, we haven't seen this before. No, like this is more companionship, like you said. It could be as even companionship, like um, it could be like a friend companionship. Absolutely, companionship, yeah. and yeah. it's also romantic companionship. I feel like and they're they're a lot more equal in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like their their needs are equal. The you know it just it just I don't know for some reason it doesn't it doesn't compare the same way as like with Han Leia and uh, Anakin and Padme it's like well, they weren't yeah equals. because it's an improved upon it's kind of like a new textbook with updated information yeah. and yeah that costs like five thousand dollars yeah <laughs> that's how, that's that's uh that's the sequel trilogy mm-hmm. the updated textbook yeah yeah i their relationship is so much more i feel like on equal footing compared to everybody else especially because they're both force users yeah. you know they both understand specific struggles the same way yeah whereas with han yeah exactly that's a they don't have a power imbalance as anakin and padme right. did and as um han and leia kind of do right um so yeah, yeah. and would the death part would that be associated with Ray going into the supremacy or no? Um, yeah. So like that's like to me like the her her death. So okay. So Ray, uh, there's like this quote from Joseph Campbell that basically says like a woman gives up, she basically dies for her lover to give him what he needs to be a hero, right? So. That that happens. Oh, that is that is exactly that scene in the right, last Jedi. right. Well, especially because she was in the space coffin that they space coffin. Oh! Yeah, totally, totally. So yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> what she does. But to me, like, okay, so there's two different things going on though, because there's what it means for Kylo, and then it's what it means for Rey. So in the masculine perspective, this is what's so beautiful about the sequel trilogy to me is that um, from the masculine perspective. Ray is sacrificing herself for him, right? Mm-hmm. But in the yeah. feminine perspective, she is not sacrificing herself for him. She's not giving up anything. She's going to do exactly what she wants and what she needs to do to meet with the cosmic mother in a way. She is still trying to figure out her true femininity. So she said no to Luke. She said, no, you are not my answer, right? She fought Luke. She said, 
you don't get it. Like, I'm I'm yeah. done with you. I I you're not gonna find any more answers from you. Um. So she goes to Kylo, but she's not giving up anything to Kylo. She believes in him. She believes that Ben is going to be there waiting for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as much as it is romantic, I think at the same time, her goal is to get one of the Skywalkers to the freaking resistance. Right. Like, that's her goal. <laughs> and that's why she went also to Kylo. Like, obviously, like I said, it is romantic. Yes. But um, she's also like, hey, we got to fix, gotta this, fix dude. this, Yeah, And he was not willing to do yeah. that. Yeah. So it's also. Because yeah, even. Yeah. yeah, she told Luke, like, if I go to him, Ben Solo will turn. Mm-hmm. So she already sees that this is possibility yeah but from the male perspective or from the masculine perspective this is the moment at which the woman sacrifices her physical being so that she can save him like spiritually but from the you know like it's it's kind of like this weird damsel in distress kind of stuff it's like you know it depends on which and they kind of do play onto that too though like in that is the point with her being like handcuffed yes. and her being taken to snoke and right. and then him saving her and killing snoke for her yeah killing the dragon slaying the dragon but but it doesn't take away her agency because she knows exactly what she's getting herself into yeah not not because she thinks that he's gonna save her but because she believes in herself enough to know that she yeah. can get herself out of it she wasn't yeah. reluctantly taken to the no to the supremacy she went herself that was her decision exactly exactly that's why it's so beautiful that's why it's so like this equality that's why i like it so much because (laughs) um yeah it gives us a well um in these terms i don't think well maybe i'm not consuming enough uh enough uh fiction work but um uh in terms of stories where a woman and a man like this have a this type of um kind of antagonistic but also romantic mm-hmm. relationship it's not really i don't see this a lot no like it's crazy we don't like it, like star wars despite it being a huge capitalistic endeavor it's still a very like holy shoot we're teaching humans yeah. about this and, and it's crazy like that's why i'm so enthralled by it mm-hmm. and obsessed over it because it's like so different it is it's a fairy tale for adults now too yeah <laughs> and and i'll give one comparison because the more i read the heroine's journey over and over again the more i recognize that like i know it sounds crazy but like divergent is very similar <laughs> to the heroine's journey and it's very similar to ben and ray's dynamic even though even though um surface level they love each other pretty quickly but like if you watch okay so if you watch the films of like divergent you know just it's urgent and whatnot um there's an obvious like I want to be a part of your world. Like, why can't you accept me? And then finally he accepts her sort of thing. Like, I feel like it's the closest I can picture to the Kylo and Rey dynamic. If you just mix that with a little bit of Beauty and the Beast, then ta-da, mm-hmm. you get sequel trilogy. <laughs> yeah. I, I have those books. I haven't read them, though. I buy a lot of books, but oh, no, I don't no. read I, them. I literally am just talking about the movies because, like, I my sister-in-law oh, okay. read the books, but I never read them. But she told me – she told me a little bit, but I honestly, like, the films alone, which, sadly, they were discontinued because they were not that I good. I know. They, they were just, like, yeah. bye. I saw it a long oh, time ago, but that was So it. sad. I'm so sad. But, like, seriously, <laughs> the story at its core is very similar to the hair. It's, it's a heroine's journey. It absolutely – 
absolutely is a heroine's journey. So just, I just wanted to say that. But, um, okay, so, like, if anybody's watched the video, I, like, go into the whole, you know, the descent of Anana and, like, how it relates to the, the myth of Anana. But uh, there's the idea of meeting the Dark Mother that's represented in Marine Murdoch's The Heroine's Journey. It's really interesting because she goes into her own dream about how she went into like some kind of underwater world where she sees mm-hmm. a whale being uh, like held down by a bunch of men. So there's like a bunch of scaffolds and they're holding her down. And then there's a bunch of other women that show up around her that are all swimming in the water and they all start singing. And then the rope starts snapping and then the whale is released. And before the whale, when it was tied down, was they were like scared of her. Like they, they worried about her. They thought she was like this monster. And then when it was released, she became beautiful and divine. And then all of the women looked at her and the whale responded to them that um they they had done her like a service like they released her and they think like she thanked them and whatnot um and it was supposed to be representative of when you go into the descent and you meet your inner feminine that is like the dark feminine it is scary it's basically your inner bitch (laughs) <laughs> if I want to like summarize it, like it honestly, is this the same chapter where she meets that, like sh- that woman, like she meets her again and she wasn't scared it, of her? Yes, exactly. It's so it's, yeah. Okay, go ahead. And you said it was about meeting your inner bitch. Yeah. Or? Well, I think she in the book she calls <laughs> it her dark mother, uh. But I I, w- I was gonna be more crude. <laughs> Because it, it is, it's like meeting the woman inside of yourself that has been pushed down and held down for so long, you know? Mm-hmm. So when it's finally let loose, you don't know how to address it. And a lot of the time, women get stuck at this point in their journey because they just want to be mean. They want to be mean to men. They want to be mean to other women. Uh, like they want to be a bitch, you know, they, they just, they want to act out in their feminine ways towards other people because they were held down for, by society for so long. So when they, they meet that dark mother, the dark mother that's chained down is mean and angry and scary. But when she's let go, like when she's let loose, like she's, she is given, she's vengeful for a moment but then she begins to like truly believe that all life is sacred that everything is everything is a part of a, a part of this balance like all of a sudden things start calming down for her and she starts to realize that like you know every every being has intrinsic value and she needs to protect life like that is her that is kind of it's like the mother that comes out of this this being that has been uh you know chained down for so long basically she sees mm-hmm. all life is sacred i think and i tried yeah. to call this out with my video like the the ideas of like the worm baby and urgent reconnecting with the feminine goes throughout all of your journey like as yeah. women we're constantly trying to connect but yeah 
we 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 hit these walls mm-hmm. so so yeah like i think that important for me to call out with a lot of stuff that i see on like twitter and whatnot i see a lot of angry a lot of angry women who are acting out a lot because rightfully so um because we've been dealt a terrible hand and men are terrible towards us and they get but they get stuck at this area where anger and i think that like again that's a lot of why people relate so much to kyla absolutely but yeah. they don't see that it's sad to me they don't see it in ray <laughs> ray is so angry like i uh, I, yeah. I i think the last time we made a podcast i said that ray looks at the dark and just kind of shrugs it off and i think that kind of misrepresented how i feel how i view ray because mm-hmm. a lot of i've Whenever Dark Ray came out, um, I was struggling with a lot of people's takes on it, and it kind of made me angry. But mm-hmm. uh, it's just that now I'm more like zen about it. Like whatever you speculate, <laughs> I'm not gonna get mad at you <laughs> because it's your own journey. But uh, what I was trying to say is like a lot of people really didn't think that Lucasfilm was gonna explore anything like in terms of Ray's emotions. Like they thought that she was just gonna be this like giddy, stagnant, uh, giddy up, let's yeah. go, yeah. Uh, resistance yeah. person. No and change. I'm like that would have been so boring like i never like i guess i have more hope in lucasfilm but i never expected that like she's still our main hero she has to have her own trials and tribulations so i think we will explore that but i think she just has such a different like more of a i guess it's more of a i don't know how to explain it but like the way she sees the world she'll she she gets angry but like if it's not the time to get angry because she has something else to do like she'll like kind of i guess not repress it but she'll just kind of put it mm-hmm. off to like deal with it later but she will deal with it like i think like she did like sh- she's such an, an emotional person she's not very stagnant right. like a lot of people just see her as this like smiley well she didn't smile so much in the last jedi but <laughs> this kind of like figure that's like kind of more like knowledgeable than kylo who has more like she's more in tune with her emotions yeah. and she is but at the same time she is putting it off so i think she's able to like mm-hmm. to compartmentalize explore. a little bit more yeah yeah, compared that's to like the, Kylo, that's what, who the word lets, I wanted to use. Yeah, like yeah. Who, Kylo, blit, like his emotions kind of bleed into all the things that he does, compared yeah. to like Ray, who's able to kind of put things into separate sections in her mind for later. Yeah, and it's also important to compare her to like other female characters because like Ray cries more than any other female character in the yeah, in any Star yeah, Wars. <laughs> you brought up um, whenever we were DMing about getting this podcast mm-hmm. together um you were talking you t- said you talked about like you wanted to compare katniss everdeen with ray and i'm oh, like yeah. wow they're very similar and but it's like they're very different too but like in terms of their roles that they play in their love mm-hmm. story it is kind of like they play the same roles where they're more like not masculine but they have more of the traits where they have to get stuff done because they are they're on survival yeah. mode and their love interest is the opposite where they're more emotional more i guess Peta is more like Peta would be more like he's better off with his emotions than i guess ben yeah. is but like I'm, I'm not trying to say that either is better i'm just saying that they're in different they're 
differently in tune with their emotions but at the same time like the role that ray like the female love interest or the main character <laughs> um, <laughs> the role that the main character plays in this story is the same although um i i haven't re- reread the hunger games all the mm-hmm. way fully but I feel like I view Katniss as more cold. I think that, so the reason I brought up her in our, like, I think our chat was like, I think that I've run into a lot of people who analyze the heroine's journey and compare it to Katniss Everdeen's heroine's journey. And I'm like, no, because she didn't, to me, she didn't have a heroine's journey at all. I think that she had a hero's journey. I think that it was very typical. Oh, okay. um, I think that I think that maybe she had a heroine's journey, like under the surface. But I read the books. Like I read the books. I cried. Yeah. I, I I cried in every single darn book. You know, like yeah. <laughs> I was deeply invested in those books, and I do not think she had a heroine's journey. Um, but I do think that in terms of the relationship goes, I think you're right because. But okay, okay, I think that the difference. I think that uh, how do I say this? I think that Ray and Ben are destined to, to be together, just like Katniss and Peter were destined to be together, right? They're forced into like this, this uh, crazy scenario. Yeah, like they're forced into a story together. Right. Yeah, but I think that with Katniss, I think everything that happens to her is done to her, whereas I think that okay. Ray has actual choice over yeah, what yeah, oh, yeah she has control over because because right. anytime ray can go back to jakku <laughs> like let's be yeah, honest here right. like no one's gonna hold her hostage like they held her hostage at the um what's the district 13 <laughs> yeah exactly exactly she has way more agency than katniss ever had uh she can leave at any time she wants but she chooses not to because she's like hey i'm gonna deliver bbh to the resistance and hey i I want to help. I want to help the resistance. I want to be a part of this now. Like I feel like this is important. And hey, I want to save Kylo. Like all of this is her choice. Yeah, and she gets to get away with it. Like she's not punished no. for it. Like yeah, I don't know if she'll be punished for wanting to save Kylo and the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I don't think right. she will be. But well, um, no, I think she'll. She's not punished win. for any of her no. choices. She's right. She 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 surpasses like like her failures and she's like obviously she's super upset like whenever she looks over to rose and finn like she's longing for something like that and absolutely um, so her failures like it's not like she's just like okay i failed whatever (laughs) let's let's move on but um Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's why i always wanted to bring up that that comparison between like hunger games and like something like divergent these are two like you know, young adult uh, sci-fi novel type things that mm-hmm. people use to analyze the heroine's journey. I honestly believe that Diversion is more of a accurate anal- analyzation yeah. of it because she does reject the feminine and then decides to go back to it. Whereas Katniss, like Katniss mm. always doesn't really have a choice. Ka- mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Yeah. yeah, not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that, you know, it's no, a different yeah. story. Yeah, they're, they're different, different stories with totally different, yeah. like, overall arcs. Absolutely. So it makes Absolutely. sense. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. So now we are on where are we next? Urgent yearning to rec- reconnect yeah, with the Yeah, I think we can, like, kind of gloss over this a little bit. Like, I mean, like, okay, so we're getting into, like, okay, so 
Ray has connected obviously like ray has in the last jedi like she connected with her feminine and again she connected with sort of like the goddess in a way we don't know what that is um but and between the last jedi and the rise of skywalker there's that need to reconnect with the feminine right yeah and i think we can just i guess Mm -hmm. summarize it as whenever she's like talking to Leia, mm-hmm. right? When she's like, how are we going to do anything? And then yeah. Ray or Leia's like, we have everything yeah. we need. And it's not just it's not just Leia giving her blind hope. Like Leia knows what she's talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Leia's been through some some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So now, uh after that, we could just move on to the speculative speculative part Speculation. of the um episode, yeah. I guess two hours in <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's okay there's so much to talk about there so really it's is. fine now we're gonna go on to the speculative portions of the heroine's journey we're talking about the what we expect from the rise of skywalker um if do you you guys do you guys want to talk about leaks or no because we can just skip leaks and just st- stick to our oh, speculation let's skip leaks, but... i don't think they're i don't think they're real yeah, I don't You're know. Like, like they're not that my great. thoughts. Like, if you listen to the last episode, my thoughts are that the leaks may be right, but they're not given the right context. Yeah, I think that's the so. the most accurate way to summarize it. Yeah, which I, yeah, like, yeah. like or they're lacking leak alert. like like I'm not going to talk about the leak if we want just. But <laughs> my thoughts are they're just not given the proper context because those yeah. men don't understand the story. But <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, so. So so now we're with the healing the mother daughter split, healing the wounded masculine and integration of masculine yeah. and feminine. And yeah, so these yeah. are like the last three steps of the heroine's journey, and they're super weird. Like they sound really simple, like on and like a very like surface level. Yeah, but they're different. <laughs> they're like going into the netherworld <laughs> kind of and then coming back in, in the ordinary world right right or am i thinking no, of the hero's right. journey? Like, like, literally like these last three steps are a, a you go you do it again you go back again it's split. yeah yeah like the the feminine split again mm-hmm. and healing the mother-daughter splits like separation from the feminine yeah and you have to yeah you it's like you have to Take everything that what everything that you've learned from this past journey, and you have to go back into the to the um, to the unconsciousness, to the unknown world, um, and then you and you have to reintegrate everything that you've learned and and reface right. all of your all of the stuff that you haven't overcome yet, um, and do it again. And it's so funny because. On the surface level, I'm like, okay, what is she going to face again? She's going to do the mirror scene all over again? No. Um, is she going to become dark gray? No. <laughs> she's she's going to she's gonna have to either, like, face her parents or she's going to have to face Palpatine. Like, Palpatine's fine. Like, I can, I can believe that Palpatine is a ultimate... Okay. You want me to give you my, like ultimate theory of that comes from myth yes because i love this so much and i wish i would have like started with this but like okay so the myth of like osiris the names are osiris 
which is the male, right? It's the masculine. And um, Isis, who is the bride of Osiris. It's the feminine. Mm -hmm. And Isis... So Osiris dies, like, in multiple versions of mythology. Like, he dies a bunch of times. Um, And (laughs) Isis has to keep, like, resurrecting him in various ways. Like, she has to keep, like, going through these ridiculous scenarios where she has to like she has to have sex with him while he's dead like she has this you know yeah like sleep with his corpse yeah um there's there's but but then there's like one there's one part of the myth where she has to go and find parts of his body because like his brother kills him and chops him into chops him into a bunch of pieces and lays all those pieces all over the land and she goes and she has to collect those pieces and then put him back together. And it's only then that he realizes that he is a god and that he can take vengeance upon his brother. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is <laughs> this is Ben. Like Ben doesn't remember something, right? If 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 we believe in like the reincarnation theory, at least, yeah, yeah, which, which we, we do. do. <laughs> we got our tin foil tiaras on. <laughs> our tin foil tiara. It's not tin foil. It's like it's, it's on gold it's now. It's all textual <laughs> evidence. <laughs> but anyway, continue. It's amazing, time. I love it. <laughs> so so yeah, no. If we if we think about this like that, like yeah, like Ray had. Thinking in terms of like how JJ tells stories, he loves um, MacGuffins. MacGuffins. Oh my god! I'm like, why can't I remember that? Yes, <laughs> JJ loves MacGuffins. So your heroes are always trying to get something that your villain is also trying to get right before the villain before the hero does. So uh-huh. I think that in nine, I think it would be pretty a pretty easy storyline to believe, especially as much as they have to accomplish, you know, for themes that. Ray is trying to collect these MacGuffins, and she doesn't understand why. Like, she doesn't understand what they are, but the Resistance needs them because they're, like, weapons. But they might also be relics that the Knights of Ren are trying to collect because because Ben is trying to collect them because he's actually trying to remember who he was as Anakin. Yeah. That's what I've been yeah. thinking. Like, um, we have to have a eureka moment where they're like, holy fuck. And I think that involves Palpatine, honestly. Yeah. That's the only way because Anakin and Padme were the ones who um, gave Palpatine any power. Like, uh, Palpatine became chancellor because of uh, the vote of no confidence from the <laughs> Queen of Naboo, which was obviously exactly. Padme. Jar Jar. And it's just insane, like... Um, I understand that there could be uh, so many reasons why Palpatine would hold some emotional weight to Ray's exactly. story, but given the fact that like uh, Padme and Anakin were the ones who created the monster that was the Emperor, like I think that there's going to be a moment that they're going to realize. And that's why it's so interesting that the mask, obviously the Vader mask mm-hmm. is back, and like it's just... and. There's just something between Ray and Kylo they don't understand <laughs> because there's a whole past life. Yeah. Like, yeah. and 
and this isn't even me being crazy because of that cave scene <laughs> like the cave scene man it's there <laughs> the like, avatars it drives me insane just because it's like wow am i being crazy i know i'm not <laughs> but it's just like because um i think ryan just kind of sees it as ray being all these different types of uh things and she's her and alone and i don't even think mm -hmm. that like he's obviously not able to go all the way deep because there's still someone calling ray's name twice in the cave yeah. scene like ray has is said mm -hmm. twice in the cave scene so it's just like there's stuff that we don't have the knowledge right yet that will probably be resolved in episode yeah. nine. Yeah, there does seem to be like a lot of missing pieces. Mm -hmm. Especially finish what you started. There's the cave scene. There's the Ray and Ray being called in the cave. Like, where is this coming from? Like, yeah, who knows? Yeah. And that's why, like, I tend to, like, lean towards the idea that, like, like Ray's Ray's going to help Ben figure out who he is without realizing she's going to figure out who he is. Like, She's she's going to help him without understanding that. And if you look at, at how they're saying that the story is going to make sense if you're marathoning <laughs> it as a fresh mind, like it's yeah, going to make yeah, sense. Like if you watch one through three and then you end up watching six. Uh, seven through nine you're gonna be like this is the same story only it's padme has four yeah. powers yeah definitely yep. i would love it if you know the MacGuffins, like like the reason okay so ray's like carrying around a little backpack it's the footage that we see and i'm <laughs> yes. like oh my god she's she's trying to co she's collecting MacGuffins. you know she's like She's there. She goes to the Death Star. What is she there to get? Like she's there to get something, you know. So I think that I think that she's collecting these things. She doesn't know why. Maybe the Resistance thinks they're doing it to get a weapon or something. But um, but in reality, she's doing it to collect the memories of Anakin. And then when she's able to get all of them together, like she has like this trove of memories for him to connect to. Or something like that, but basically, like symbolically, um, I, I, Isis connect, Isis collects the pieces of Osiris, and it's only until he becomes whole that sh that he remembers who he was, and then he, and then he remember remembers her, and he's like, oh, like you know, I have to take, I take vengeance upon my brother, and then he kills his brother, you know, like. I I I think I see it happening in this myth. Um but people always say like I don't want I don't want Ben saving Ray and I don't want Ray you know mm -hmm. saving Ben. Like god no, it's going to they're going to save each other, you know? Right. They're going to save each yeah. other. It's not I mean, like one yeah. is going to be superior and no. save the other who's more inferior you know like they're they're equals, equals and they're both they're both gonna sacrifice enough too like i just know it like they're gonna sacrifice enough there's gonna be an emotional weight yeah. to it i think when i say yeah. that i don't want ben saving ray like it's kind of a thing where i don't want her agency to be taken no. from her where he has to do something to save her and i mean I think we'll get something like that. Hopefully it's not the main thing that needs to right. be saved. I think Kylo's the one that's going to mostly hmm. need to be saved because he's the one that's the bad guy he's, right now. He's messed up the uh, most. 
so he needs it the most so yeah um yeah that's what i mean whenever i say that i do realize i do recognize that they both need each other yeah. so it's kind of like okay they do need each other but yeah that's what i mean is basically what I'm trying yeah to say. i i never thought any different of you <laughs> no it's because in the last episode i think matt and i we were both like we don't want kylo to save ray and i just have yeah no no i i totally think that ben's gonna die and that ray's gonna resurrect him (laughs) like that's that's my essential belief but yeah yeah i think that's what the main raylo yeah been since after the yeah i think so i think yeah no it's it's interesting like we can we can argue plot points all day but there's there's a theme there that's going on that yeah and i think even if you don't um even if the reincarnation thing is not like a thing what that they actually actually meant to do which i think it is i think that even if you look at the first three movies and the main cause for the war uh, or the everlasting non-balance in the force i think um that the whole resurrection of your loved one is a mm-hmm. main thing yes and instead of causing um uh, his death i think ray is going to cause his rebirth mm-hmm. or life or resurrection That's... and it's gonna be vi- people are gonna be like holy moly they really released this movie on christmas <laughs> yeah <laughs> because... pretty much it's so, it biblical. so biblical. I mean, obviously, that's not the only story where someone is resurrect- resurrected, right. as you've said, but it's it does come. Uh, those thing themes do match up with right. Yeah, they always Jesus. included biblical themes within Star mm-hmm. Wars. Yeah, yeah, resurrection and and re- yeah. No, that's that that matches. Yeah, and and didn't you say it that these last three steps in the heroine's journey? They're very like super like. You, they're like kind of galaxy brain esque, mm-hmm. right? Like, for lack of better terms, they're kind of like something real spiritual, like what the force is going to happen. And I think that the force is really weird. <laughs> so the force could do whatever it wants, essentially. Yeah, because, like, uh, yeah, like a lot of people forget that when Luke came back with the boon of success, like, he never actually experienced the, like, giving back to the community what he learned. When yeah. when that's actually yeah. the last couple of steps of the hero's journey, so, and and you could say he did, but he didn't. He brought in his partying, um, his partying mode, yeah. to the Ewok village. This yeah, <laughs> we never really saw it. We, I mean, and you can no. say like, oh, we saw it in like legends or whatever, but but not really, like, uh, like not really, right. like whatever. But no, it's it's definitely this is going to be more satisfying than that ever was. And, and yeah, because that one's mm-hmm. bittersweet. And what we know of George Lucas, who is the creator of this series, in case you don't know, <laughs> is that he wants his characters to be happy. He wants a cheesy ending. Like he doesn't like, I don't think bittersweet is very much what he no. intended for the end of the no. Star Wars saga, despite yeah. the fact that that was the end for so long. But I think that the He's there was always another story to, yeah. that could have been told, or maybe like I think the main thing with George is he didn't know if he wanted to mm-hmm. make it, but it would be a good leave off point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just because of the backlash and everything. But um, yeah, I think that the sequel trilogy was always in his mind, and you can. You can tell because obviously Mark, he talked about it in interviews in the 70s or in the 80s. So, mm-hmm. no, yeah, I think George is definitely like pro happily ever after. Yeah. 
Yeah. With all the family coming back. <laughs> yeah. That's just me. That's me editorializing what I think George might want. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't so much of a Han lives person, but now I'm just like, what if all the Skywalkers are in the shot together and they're all like... <laughs> And like they're all like loved up and everything. <laughs> they would love. They that. got a massive like glow up and everything. Yeah, be awesome. Padme mm. looks a little wrinkly because they've gotten older, <laughs> but Natalie Portman still looks very young. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I think um, yeah, like that's my crazy. Well, it's not very crazy because Natalie Portman has a relationship with Kathy Kennedy and mm-hmm. Lucasfilm, but um, I think she's gonna come back. Yeah. I think so. I wouldn't be surprised because she's kind of seems like to be getting back into the the whole thing with the MCU too. So I wouldn't be surprised. To be yeah, honest. she visited Rogue One and she visited uh, the Last Jedi. So why are you there, yeah. Natalie? I mean, obviously because <laughs> she has kids and they like Star Wars now, I guess. But it's suspicious. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anything else we have to say about the integration of masculine and feminine, or? Healing the wounded masculine or healing the mother-daughter split? Is that one going to involve Leia? Do you guys... Or healing the... Yeah, because definitely what JJ has been saying and everybody is that Leia's a huge part of this trilogy and this last movie. Unfortunately, she passed really early, but I think that he's still going to accomplish kind of pretty much what he wanted to is that making Leia really important at the end. Um, how he's going to do that, you know, we obviously don't know. But I think it's going to be really important for integration of the feminine back into the, back into everything. I think she's going to be really important for that. Especially because Kylo, I hope somehow that Ben reunites with his mother somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know I how. I know they say no CGI, but I think they're probably going to do something cool. And I, I think yeah. Carrie's family would be okay with that. Yeah, like, I, think I think there's they- something. I feel like there's something JJ can do. We just don't know. Um, but I yeah. think that'd be really important to Kylo's story, especially too, is like him getting to reunite with his mom and, you know, seeking Yeah, especially given the whole overall arc of all the Skywalkers and how they've all been separated from their mothers. Like, Anakin was separated from his mother. Luke was separated from his mother. And Kylo was separated from his mother. So right. we have to bring the mother back in because... She has to. Um, I can't really and see... And Rey has been separated from her mother, yeah. too. And so they've all been separated from their mothers. I can't see them, like, kind of saying, okay, Leia's just off in this place somewhere else. She's on a ship in space, so you never see her at the end you know it, like let's just say they'll do something in the comics or whatever or a novel mm-hmm. i don't see them doing that i feel like they have to address that relationship yeah and i honestly like i said i don't mind if they do cgi like i will probably be it, i mean it could be take something that takes us out of the movie but honestly if they do it like and it's something that finishes leia's story and that honors carrie which yeah. obviously that's their first thought in their minds right like i think it'll yeah. be okay totally. yeah mm. and um ray's in terms of uh ray's mom or ray's whole thing i don't know like is, is if her parents are actually dead like i don't know i guess I think whatever happens with Ray's family, she's going to have to find acceptance within it. Like, whoever they like may obviously, be. F- obviously, found families are super important, too. But if we're talking about, like... Yeah. I, I mean, even know. if she I finds think... her family and they're not up to, you know, what she thinks they are. They're not up to her expectations if she had any 
for them. I mean, she did think they were junk traders, but they could still be a disappointment, you know? It's still, whatever it is, she's going to have to accept it within her. Yeah. Even if yeah. she's a force, a product of the force, like, I'm sure if somebody told that to you, you'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, even weirder, yeah, you know? That, that's that's the reveal that's going to happen in Nine, though, right? It's going to be, like, you were a, like, Anakin, or you were, like, a product of, like, t- typical parents. And then Kyle, Kyle, Ky- Kyle, Kyle. <laughs> Kylo is going to be like, who's yeah. Anakin? <laughs> That'll be interesting. I I wonder if Kylo does know that his Darth Vader was named Anakin Skywalker. I think he does. I think, I think he, he does, does but I, I honestly don't think he knows anything about No, I Anakin. think he just knows about like Vader specifically, but nothing before yeah. that. I, I think he mm-hmm. knows about Padme. That's my headcanon. Yeah, I hope that's so. My, that's my current headcanon. Is that... I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, and like I already said, I think that there's going to be a moment where they're like, holy fuck, I am this person. Mm-hmm. And I think that that could be incorporated through uh, even... And we can also get the Hayden and Natalie Portman cameos yeah. in that moment. Like... Yeah. Like, it, I in the way I picture it in my head... Like, if I think of them having a moment where they realize who is who, like, I think of them looking and it's kind of like the forest cave. Like, they're in, I'm not saying they're going to be in the forest cave, but they're looking at a mirror that reflects on them and they see, like, Natalie Portman and uh, Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Hayden. And it's just like, that would yeah. be cool if that's how it's visualized. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean- it's the most direct way <laughs> to. Uh, to show this is this person and that's that I can person. See that. Okay. I mean, Ray has to find out about them somehow. Like she doesn't know who they yeah, are. Yeah, that's still. true. So somehow she'll have to find out. That's true. Yeah, yeah. There's so much to cover. Oh my God, the Rise of Skywalker has to be six <laughs> hours long. I need this right now. I can't wait anymore, man. All right. Oh is there anything else about Ray's journey that we wanted to talk about? Anything in particular that stood out to you guys as you? Um, thought about Ray or anything? Not at this mm, point. No. I think we did enough no. for that. Ray is yeah. the best character in I all of Star Ray. Wars. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Mic drop. But I'm serious. She's, She's the, the best. best. I love. Her yeah, so me too. I always related to her more than I did Ben. Like, I always, I always got her more because. But I mean, honestly, that's just reflective of my own journey. You know. So. Right. Yeah. See, for me, it was yeah. more Kylo. It's still more Kylo, but I I give Kylo yeah. tough love. Like, yesterday, <laughs> as I was watching the... Or the, I was watching The Rise of Skywalker. No, I was watching <laughs> I was like, The Last what? Jedi and The Force Awakens. And I was like, Kylo, shut up. <laughs> or Kylo, like, because I'm so mean to him. I'm like, not not because I hate him, but because yes. I see myself in you him so much. You want him so to much. do better. Yes. You want him to do better. Yeah, it's like I see yes. myself in you. Why don't you do something different? Yeah, stop being like me. Totally. <laughs> but it's oh. so funny. Like yeah, I love Kylo. Too. I love them both so much. I can't wait till they make it. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Driver's face is gonna eat Daisy Ridley. Danny. Yeah. True. <laughs> he does always eat their faces. Like, have you ever watched him make out? <laughs> He's like sucking their life force. <laughs> gonna be so glorious i'm definitely gonna see that more than once (laughs) 
And when I get yeah, it on DVD, already, I'm going to slow-mo it. <laughs> I already have my plan where I'm going to go see the 6 p.m. F- first screening of it. And then I'm going to go watch the 9 p.m. <laughs> one right after. Yes. That's so good. Yes. Yep. Good idea. I'm, I'm, and stay I know away from yes. the internet. <laughs> oh man we're gonna have to get off the internet like i'm two trying weeks to i'm before. trying to get off work the very next day because i know i'm gonna be too emotionally compromised that i won't be able to be productive yeah. at all i'm trying to fi- figure that out <laughs> oh man all right well all right, let's hope ray's story talk. is satisfying as they've be. always been saying it's gonna be a satisfying <laughs> ending the, you know i think it will, it will be, be. yeah will. i hope so what if it's super depressing? <laughs> Don't think that. No, way. Shut up, it's Danny. more. T- it's we more depressing than note. Revenge of the Sith. No, like instead of let's, like, Ray's gonna die some horrible tragic way. Let's let's end on a positive like worse note. Worse than Padme's death. Stop. No, I'm gonna fight like, you. She, she's gonna be stomped on. Stop. By Palpatine's boots. <laughs> no, okay, I'm sorry. <sighs> What makes you think he wears boots? What if he's barefoot? I'm canceled, guys. (laughs) Even worse. He's some hippie. (laughs) Okay. Well, I think I've gone crazy after this podcast. You've gone too far. You're you're done. Ray's dying in episode nine. (laughs) (laughs) That's not even somewhere where the story would make sense. No, no, no. Her dad would make no freaking Mm -hmm. sense. No, that would be hilarious. Actually, ben and Ray like, have hilariously yeah. bad way. No. Ben and Ray have both had tragic like, stories. They killed Ray off. No, they they got all the women in Star Wars <laughs> die. Ben and Ray both have to get everything they all want. All the British women in Star Wars <laughs> die. We always thought that they would. They just didn't want to cast anyone that wasn't white and British and brunette. But it, in turn, it was actually because they wanted exactly. To kill them all off. all right thank you so much for listening guys uh i hope you enjoyed this very long episode Mm -hmm. with ty thank you ty for joining us thanks for bearing with us ty and especially bearing with danny for so long fine i enjoyed it (laughs) yes i hope it was thank you um you could find how can we find you on uh internet on the internet internet. yeah you can find me on twitter at black underscore tym or you can find me on youtube at wit and folly and you can find me on um twitter at mortis gods where you can read awesome tweets like this one (laughs) boohoo kylo is sad because he killed his father and was bullied bullied by his idiot master (laughs) i'm sorry i'm this way why are you like this (laughs) Well, anyways, you can find me uh, on a Twitter, Abandoned Porg, and Tumblr, Abandoned Sock. Follow us on social media and rate and review us on in- on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. Oh my God. We're so gone, guys. We're so gone. All right. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Have a good day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>